Where Kindness Lives is designed to cultivate a kinder world by helping to inform and inspire. Hosted by Jenny Sager from Nextdoor, the neighborhood network connecting you to what truly matters so you can belong. We'll chat to the most thought-provoking individuals paving the way for positive change and hear from neighbors who deliver small acts of kindness every day. So come on a journey to where kindness lives. Hi, I'm Jenny Sager, and my guest today is not your average doctor. Kelly Harding says that if we want to live happier and healthier lives, the antidote isn't found in our medicine cabinet. She's the author of The Rabbit Effect, which explores the ripple effect and healing power of kindness, from physical touch to building stronger communities. So what's a rabbit got to do with being kind? Let's find out. Kelly Harding, welcome to Where Kindness Lives. I have to tell you before we start that I actually own a rabbit. He is a house rabbit. He hops around like a cat. And I have a huge stack of books like the ones behind you in my bedroom. And the other day I walked in and my rabbit was chewing on the rabbit effect, which I thought was so absolutely hilarious. It was like he knew. That is very funny. Wow. What's your rabbit's name? His name is Pepper. It would have, I wouldn't have been surprised at this point if I like came back in and he was sitting there reading it. He's like the smartest animal I think I've, I've had in my house before. But as a bunny owner, proud bunny owner, I know that rabbits actually can really suffer from loneliness and they can actually die from loneliness, which I think is just mind blowing that this animal that some would view as simple actually clearly has enough kind of emotional and mental capacity where it's a real risk as a rabbit owner, and the vets will talk to you about this, that this animal can die of loneliness. And you really have to make sure that you can be around to, you know, not just kind of cuddle it and pet it, but talk to it, but also think about getting a second rabbit to keep them company when you're not there, because they are animals that really need that human interaction. And I know that this had a lot to do with actually why you wrote the book, didn't it? So the story that the book comes from is uh, this really incredible research study that was done for an entirely different reason uh, by a terrific researcher by the name of Dr. Robert Neerum. And he was a bench scientist and was interested in looking at, it was back in the late 1970s, he was looking at heart health and uh, cholesterol levels. And so he designed this really pretty straightforward experiment where he gave these virtually genetically identical rabbits um, who gave them all the same high fat diet and he expected all the findings to look exactly the same. And then um, when it came time to look at the results, he discovered that one group of rabbits had a dramatically different outcome than the other rabbits, like a 60% difference. And, you know, he thought there was something wrong with the study. He went back and looked, everything checked out. And what he realized when he looked up is that the researcher that was caring for the group of rabbits that did better wasn't just doing the standard protocol. She was actually, you know, petting the rabbits, picking up the rabbits. She was talking to them and basically giving them love and kindness. And so what they did, um, it was actually quite remarkable. He decided, even though this at the time felt really out there, that if this were true, that somehow the social world was influencing biology, that this needed to be more rigorously studied. So they went ahead and repeated the experiment, this time with really tightly controlled conditions, and got the exact same result. And so, um, you know, it turned out that kindness had made all the difference in the health and the physical health of these rabbits. And I think one of the interesting things in your book and and that I've seen you and heard you speak about as well is 
what you just mentioned is the physical impact. So we talk a lot, we hear a lot about in research studies and everywhere else, the impact on mental health. But I think the connection with physical health is really interesting. So can you explain a little bit about that and what you see with people, not just animals as well, um, how kindness can really impact that physical health around? It turns out that our biggest determinant of our health is our social world by far. Um, I mean, it's not even close. Like medical care, while it's absolutely critical for every human being, only counts for about 10 to 20% of our overall health status. Genes count for something, but not as much as we once thought, thanks to our advanced understanding of epigenetics. And then um, the biggest contributor by far is our everyday social interactions. So, you know, that's everything that's happening in our homes when we're getting up and ready to leave in the morning. It's you know, what's happening in our, uh, in our relationships at work, at school, and really importantly, what's happening in our neighborhoods. And that makes a huge difference on health. And there are tons of, you know, I'm a, I'm a medical doctor and then I'm also trained in public health. And one of the things that was really striking to me is when you look at these large population studies, what you're consistently seeing is that the, you know, things like neighborhood, things like, you know, how many uh, social connections you have, all of that is impacting biology. And it felt like it's something that's not always appreciated by people, even within medicine. And then it also feels like something we have to be talking about far outside the walls of the hospitals and clinics. Um, and that's why I just absolutely love what you're doing with this podcast. And I feel like it's really, it's building those positive social connections that's so critical. Thank you for saying that. And also, I think it's important to note that we did do a big research study now about a year and a half ago that showed that connecting with just six neighbors, so we were able to quantify that number of six, can actually start to bear that positive impact on your mental health and well-being, and as you said, your physical health as well. I think, and we, we are lucky enough to meet and talk to so many amazing people like you that are leaders in this space. But there definitely seems to be, as you mentioned, especially in the developed countries, a gap between what we all know and what's actually happening in the healthcare system and even with both doctors, but also psychologists. And how do you scale those learnings? And obviously, we hugely appreciate everything that you're doing. And there are so many great GPs in the UK and Australia, for example, who have similar findings or you know, psychologists that understand this and authors, but it seems like there's this gap of actually scaling that. So how, how can we kind of make those steps to actually start changing the healthcare system and to make this an understanding that there is an impact, not just on mental health, but physical health as well? So this has been a big conversation. So I, I published the, or the book came out right before the pandemic. And at that point, you know, people weren't necessarily talking about, you know, in public health, what we call the social dimensions of health or social determinants of health. But then, you know, the pandemic happened and people got this really deep understanding of the importance of social connections of mental health and physical health all combined. Um, So it feels like right now the message is really resonating. And I have it's so heartwarming because it's happening both within hospitals and it's also happening out in communities because the reality is the needs, the mental health needs in particular are so much greater. We don't have enough people working in mental health to meet the needs and the demand. And that's why it's going to take people who are listening to really step up and try to do what they can to buffer the stress of our 
fellow humans. So if there are people who are listening in their neighborhoods around the world, what are some tips you can give them? So every little bit of social connection counts. And I should mention too, um, so I know people define kindness differently. Uh, you know, so the academic definition of kindness is actually an act that enhances the welfare of others as an end of itself. But uh, the reality of that is we all absolutely know what that looks like, every single person, because we depend on it from the moment we arrive, that um, it's how it's tied so closely with survival. And it really comes down to connection. So, um, it, and that connection is really the social glue that holds us together. And this is where it's so important for listeners, like thinking about the, you know, even like acts of kindness that they've seen recently. I don't know if you, anything comes to mind for you that has happened Definitely. Well, and actually you beat me to it because we always ask our guests what kindness means to them. And you, you just went right into what kindness means to you. And I was literally just about to ask you the same thing. If you could share a story of, of kindness from your own neighborhood, I'll share one from mine. So, um, and I, I've told this story on the podcast before, but I'll tell it again because I did move recently and I have a neighbor who's been mowing my lawn without me asking, and I couldn't figure out what neighbor it was at first. And so I was kind of like gently asking some of my other neighbors, like, oh, did you did you happen to mow my lawn? And then they would say, oh, no, it wasn't me. And it kind of took me a few houses to work out who it was. And he said, oh, yeah, I just thought, you know, I was already mowing my lawn, so I might as well mow your front lawn as well. And he, he hasn't stopped doing it, and it's actually now kind of, flipped in the other direction where I'm, sometimes I sit there and I'm like, I wonder, it's getting kind of long. Like, should I go out there and mow it? Or is Pete going to come over and mow my lawn this week? Because he does it all the time. So I think that's a great example of, you know, little act of kindness that goes a long way. Yeah. So I think that's the thing. It's like when you ask people about, and it doesn't even have to, I mean, it can be as little as like smiling at someone on the street or saying hello or buying someone a cup of coffee or asking, you know, the person at the, you know, at the supermarket how's your day going? Little tiny things like that actually help people feel seen, feel valued, feel a sense of belonging. People who do kind things that know it's something you need without even asking, that's incredibly generous. And um, it's all of that that, I, I mean, that's what's amazing because there are, you know, hundreds of opportunities, if not thousands, every single day to do little tiny things like that to generate those kinds of feelings. Absolutely. Well, and you'll probably remember from our next door research that we also found that when you do those acts of small, the small acts of kindness, which I shouldn't even say small, because as you said, they are all important. But when you do those acts of kindness, that positive impact on mental health and well-being isn't just for the person receiving the act, but it's for the person doing the act as well. And I'd say another story that happened to me recently was I was in the coffee shop and uh, someone behind me was kind of fumbling around for her. She'd obviously been out for a run or gone to the gym or something, didn't have her wallet with her. And she was kind of fumbling around for the money. And I said, whatever, it's fine. Like I got it. And I just paid for the woman behind me. And she was like, so shocked and happy. Like this joy across her face was like that. It made me feel so good. I was like, just bought somebody I didn't know a coffee or whatever. And then the guy in line, probably two people behind me, ended up buying coffee for the person. And it was like, oh my God, I'm literally watching kindness be contagious in real life. Like this is like what we always talk about, right? And so I, it just, it was such a great example. One story I do want to share that actually was from next door that I saw um, that really struck me was 
uh, in my neighborhood where I live in New York City, uh, someone had posted, you know, during, it was 2021, um, and it was, you know, still not, it, the city is was still sort of coming back together, but somebody posted that she had a doctor's visit and that she had nobody to go with to that doctor's visit and was wondering if there might be a neighbor who might be able to join her and come along. And when I saw the question and then saw the responses, I just could not believe the kindness. It was remarkable. So it sounded like she more had more than enough volunteers to come with her and um, also to be with somebody during a really critical moment of their life. Oh my gosh, that is such an amazing story. It's so great to see that kind of response. And I should mention, you are actually on our next door advisory council, where you volunteer your knowledge and your and your time as well. And how's that experience been for you? It's been terrific and really heartwarming. I think, you know, it's been a tricky time for social media. And I think as someone who really values connection and being able to prioritize connection, um, you know, we've seen some of the unintended consequences as well with social media. And I, I, the thing that has been incredibly inspiring about Nextdoor, and again, not as anyone who's paid by Nextdoor, um, I have to say it's just been incredible the potential for the platform to be able to connect people and not just on, you know, not just online, but also in real life. And um, I think it's that and the stories that are generated and the acts of trust and um, helpfulness and gratitude is just, it's, it, you can see the potential. And the committee itself or the advisory board, I've really also valued seeing leadership from top down. You know, the, obviously the platform is not perfect, nothing is, um, but the values are so in the right place and so trying to make things kind and making our neighborhoods a place that we can all thrive. Where Kindness Lives will be back in a moment. Want an easy way to earn some extra cash? Have a look at what's lying around your home that no one's using anymore. You could be sitting on a gold mine. I'm talking about household appliances, gardening items, pet supplies, and furniture. But really, you can sell or swap anything on Nextdoor. It's super easy to use. Download the free Nextdoor app or go to nextdoor.com and start turning that trash into treasure today. Do you have any tips for people that are, I'd say, less inclined to really put themselves out there but are struggling with finding that social connection or struggling with loneliness and just feeling a bit disconnected. Absolutely. So there are lots of different ways to approach it. And I think every person has to find something that resonates with them and feels genuine for them. So it could be as little as starting with the people that are currently in your social network. So, you know, sending little notes, just saying, I'm thinking about you, even a text to somebody or, you know, finding an old photo and sending it to them. Um, is a nice way to reconnect. The other thing is looking for opportunities like taking a class together. Volunteering is one of my favorite things. Uh, we were talking earlier about volunteer activities that we had done together and that that builds community with the people you're with. It feels good. There's actually studies that show volunteers live longer, so it's also good for your physical and mental health. 
Yeah, that's such a good note. I, I want to read you this quote, which I'm guessing you've probably heard. It's from an author named Henry James, and it was actually written in 1902. He said, three things in human life are important. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third is to be kind. And I absolutely love that. I think my question for you is, if, if it's so easy, and we know that kindness is contagious, as, as we've been talking about, why is it so hard for everyone to do it? Why isn't everyone just out there being kind? <laughs> what's the deal, right? And I mean, I think, I think that's what's so interesting about it, too, because if you ask every single person, they say, well, I'm a kind person. Um, it's those people over there that are the problem. Um, but the reality is, you know, they're not really kind people and unkind people. We all are human. We all have our moments. And as my kids like to remind me, <laughs> we all have our moments. Um, and so I think... Um, that's the thing. It sounds simplistic. It sounds easy, but it's actually incredibly hard in practice. And it's partly because it's a practice. And the nice thing is if you mess up and you're not as kind or you don't offer something when you could have, um, also give yourself permission to be human. I think offer yourself a little kindness there too. Um, it's, but you'll get an opportunity to try it again shortly. And, uh, especially with kids, you always get a chance to try it again. Um, which is, is nice. Um, okay, I want to share with you a next-door neighbor story. This one is actually from Woodstock in Georgia in the U.S. And it's a story about a young boy named Brody and how his neighbors changed his life through their small acts of kindness. So Brody lives on the spectrum. He has a neurological disorder. And his mom, Megan, came home one day recently, and two neighborhood boys were actually teaching Brody how to ride a bike, something that therapists have attempted to help Brody with for a really long time and wasn't able to do it. And not only was Megan really proud of her son, but she also just felt like they had become this true part of the community. And she posted this video on Nextdoor of the moment, and she wanted to get it out there to her neighbors. And you can see Brody wearing a t-shirt that says, be kind to everyone in the video. And he's on the bike with his two friends kind of right there alongside with him. And they were sharing words of encouragement, like, you can do it, Brody, you can do it while he was pedaling. And I have to say, I saw this video and I was like, oh my gosh, it just, you know, you're instantly, the eyes will be watering because it was just such a beautiful moment. And again, especially as, as someone who has boys at home, like we do, like, it's just such a great show of kindness from younger people as well. Wow, what a wonderful story all around to feel included. And then also that Brody's mom shared that story because hearing that story, I know like I have goosebumps hearing it that it's really remarkable how that kind of kindness travels and it sticks with us long after the moment has passed. So that is absolutely amazing. And I, that's my favorite thing about the advisory committee is getting to hear these incredible stories. And I suspect it makes your role very fun as well. <laughs> oh, I was just about to say, it's my favorite thing working here. And even if I go back a few years when I was the only person at next door Australia, going back about four years, I mean, I used to just sit at my computer reading these stories from around the country and around the world. And it, it's just, it really does kind of restore your faith in humanity. So you go, no, okay. People actually, are good and want to be good. It's not all gloom and doom like we hear about every day. Getting to know people in that way also puts, you know, where when disagreements crop up more in context too, which is so important to having a, you know, a truly constructive conversation as well. I realized I forgot to mention something important, which um, when it comes to being kind that I think might be of interest to your listeners. And that's that um, 
there is one technique that's very helpful and easy to do. And because we all have the capacity to be kind, but we're, uh, we're not always in that space. And one of the things is when we're rushing, people are far less likely to be kind. So um, I know it's the and we're all busy, busy all the time. But um, if there's anything you can do to slow down before you go into a moment, so for you know clinicians listening, we often talk about taking a little pause before you enter someone's room or you know start a conversation with them. Um, if you're a parent going in to talk with a child, you'll have much more bandwidth. If you even just pause for like ten seconds at the door, um, you know that kind of that kind of pause, and you can decide where in your life to put those in. But we do know that people tend to be kinder when they don't feel rushed. So thinking about that, what we can do to kind of slow it down a little bit. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And, and that's exactly what we see in product as well. And, and we, as you know, we have something called the kindness reminder, which does exactly that. We put a pause in so that people can take that breath and go, well, hold on a minute, maybe what I'm saying or about to say isn't that kind. And we've actually seen more than a 20% reduction in potentially contentious posts from launching that kindness reminder. So it definitely works, whether it's online or offline. And I love your tip as a parent, too, of just standing at the door and taking that deep breath. And I was about to ask you what you do with your own kids, obviously having teenagers at home. How do you encourage kindness with with teenagers in the house? <laughs> sure. As, I, as I'm saying this, I could hear one of my children shouting in the background. <laughs> so it's an ongoing process. Um, so, you know, we, you know, we try our best to model kindness where we can. We talk about it as a family. Um, and I think we also are just constantly, kindness often comes down to understanding. And it doesn't mean you're going to necessarily agree with what someone has to say, but at least if you can understand where they're coming from, it goes a long way towards empathy and compassion. And so, um, that's something that we talk about a lot. And it's funny because I feel like, um, and I don't know if you've had this experience too, it's like all the skills that you never imagined you would necessarily get as a parent, but it turns out, you know, it's like, I feel like I've gotten the skills of a bouncer from breaking up like, you know, <laughs> scuffles that have happened um, to also the, you know, it's like the skills of conflict resolution and mediation yeah. is like a constant because I think the average family argues like eight times a day or something. So it's like, it's like a huge amount that people when they're together are disagreeing. So there's lots of opportunities to try to think about that. I mean, we've done everything. So really like a big part of kindness is how do you solve conflict in a way that continues to respect the dignity of the other person and still make your point. <laughs> So I want to have a bit of fun. We do something called the kind carousel where we get to ask you all kinds of questions. So literally anything can go in here. Um, Kelly, what is the one non-essential item that you take with you when you travel? Um, so I pride myself on being a minimalist packer. Uh, wherever I go, I like to just take as little as I can. So I would say um, it's probably my uh, my sense of humor. Oh that. Oh my gosh. Absolutely love that. Also, I'm picturing you as one of those people who could just hop on a plane at a moment's notice because you, you're just going to grab some some small little bag. Um, okay. As a doctor, which was the better TV show, ER or Grey's Anatomy? Which one are you watching if you have the choice? Oh, um, so it's funny. I have a, I have a difficult time watching shows because I often spot inaccuracies. Um, 
So I'm actually going to go with a third option, which uh, was a show that was on in the U.S. called Scrubs. Oh, I loved that show. Oh, my God. So funny. Zach Braff. Hilarious. Absolutely love it. It's true. And it actually felt very true to the experience of being an intern and resident. So I do the exact same thing, having worked in TV for, you know, 15 plus years. I just pick shows apart. And especially if it's a show about working in TV, I'm like, oh my gosh, either you just know right away, don't you, if it's if it's real or not. It's just so funny. Gosh, we just need to turn our brains off. And and that said, those two shows are excellent that you selected, but Scrubs is truly my favorite. Scrubs <laughs> so. is great. Scrubs is amazing. Okay. And last question, obviously we've been talking about kindness. What do you do to be kind to yourself? Ooh, so I love this question because I have really instituted after reading the research, I really try to, you know, model what I'm telling other people. So I try to do things to be kind to myself that um, include like taking a vacation, like a true vacation where you really disconnect because it's really hard to do that these days if you can afford it and swing it, like absolutely. Um, And so that was my recent trip to Australia and it was fabulous. And all the studies show you come back more engaged, more eager to jump in. So that's a a big one on a day-to-day or a week-to-week thing. I love taking... um, I love trying to put something secret in my schedule that I really enjoy, like whether it's, you know, going to an art museum, um, going to a concert, just taking a walk around the city, um, sort of like moments of quiet where possible alone, if I can swing it, although it's not always easy. Um, but it's something like that. And it would be what Julia Cameron would call like an artist date or something like that. I love that. I'm going to steal that. I absolutely love that. Such a such a great idea. I'll have to think about what I can schedule in there for this week. Kelly, anything you're working on right now that you want to let everybody know about? Any more books coming? Anything happening coming up soon? So this has been a huge, huge project that seemingly continued to get more and more momentum as it's gone, So, which has been wonderful. So once things settle down a little bit, then I'll be working on other projects. Um, for people, though, I would love to hear what people have to say, though. So if anyone wants to reach out to me, I have a website, kellyhardingmd.com, or I am on Instagram if people want to connect with me at kellyhardingmd. And um occasionally on Twitter as well. Excellent. Well, I can't wait for you to come out with another book so my rabbit has something to uh, hang out, something to hang out with. And of course, if you want to start connecting with your neighbors now, you can download the Nextdoor app around the world and head to nextdoor.com. And Kelly, it's been so great to finally meet you. My gosh, it seems like we keep missing each other around the world. We'll have to actually meet each other in person soon. And I'm sure we will talk to you again. So thank you so much for your time today. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. Mm-hmm. 